Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Thoughts? Feelings? This is a safe space. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 405, Lockup, is presented by Prison Taco Tuesday. It all ends up in the dumpster anyway. Pete, before we jump in, just wanted to share some ratings news and some ratings context. Uh, certainly, the ratings have not been stellar. At least the live ratings have not been stellar. Uh, but uh, I went down a, a cancel bear analytics wormhole yesterday. The wormhole figurative, the analytics real, the cancel bear, the persona that TV by the numbers uses to... Uh, talk about a show's uh, possibilities for the future basically it comes down to this here's the new math that they are using this season after after crunching some numbers if a show gets a 0.7 rating or better you stave off cancellation for a while the the logic being if you're getting a 0.7 or better you're at least you're 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 either making more money or losing less money than it would cost to do a brand new show with a brand new production brand new marketing um 23 of the 29 shows, however, that got under a 1.0 for the season, last season got the axe. So, S.H.I.E.L.D. existing in that 0.7 to 1.0 place right now, uh, at least live, and we're still in this multi-year evolving thing of what does live plus three mean. Um, to me, it says we're almost certainly in the in the clear to get to the end of this season, to get to 88 episodes, but not looking great beyond that. No risk that this show has a full season order curtailed at this point. Um, their ratings, however, for the season are not stellar. The four previous episodes in chronological succession, they opened at a 1.1, then two weeks of 0.9, then a 0.7 with 404. The numbers that you mentioned, the analytics are true. But Matt, let's talk a little piece of mail uh, sent to us via Facebook by a uh, fantastic listener and follower, Robert T. Frost, uh, writes in here, really hope that ABC likes their plus threes. He was referring to live plus three. They had to expect this when they moved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the 10 p.m. time slot, and I certainly hope they recognize the changing face of viewership patterns. And the headline that... Uh, he has uh, shared here is from the futoncritic.com, which says that ABC's Shield is the first is the season's first broadcast series to post triple digit growth in adults eighteen to forty nine. And Pete, coincidence of coincidences, that uh, that sentiment was uh, was mirrored by uh, a conversation I had with FOP, friend of the podcast, Mikhail. Uh, that's Ink is Rain on Twitter, uh, who said that the the growth has been in the the 114 percent uh, range live plus three, so people who are watching within uh, within three days and live. So that's good news too. And I, I don't think it's clear to anybody except for the the four heads of the networks exactly the the true value of live plus three. But uh, that's all good news to kind of make up for middling news as to the live ratings like i said they will last the season shields fate after this season however is very much up in the air uh particularly given the percentage last year 
23 of 29, that's not a small group you think you can be in and survive. This show has been in the practice of staving off, uh, you know, issues uh, half of the time on the air. It is fought to come back. And uh, if not for an Agent Carter to take the fall last year, they might have been the one to get the axe. Certainly their performance, coupled with that of Marvel's Agent Carter, led to Marvel's Most Wanted not getting a um, a 13-episode order, let alone a full season order, not even going to show. Well, Pete, with all this gloom and doom, let's, uh, let's move on to the delightful offering that was this week's episode. When we catch you up on what went down, the teaser here, Matt, where uh, Lucy, a non-apparition Lucy, uh, in a time frame that is described as then, uh, heads down a Bilko door with a man uh, who says that this place, this basement they have wound up in, reminds him of Outer Mongolia. But it is the family home of the the person who uh, killed the last person to have it. They spend some time pondering the virtues about doing the science versus uh, not taking shortcuts. Um, and they then, uh, particularly uh, Lucy, notices an area where the dust is floating in an unearthly way. Pete, is it the dark hold, the book? No, it's above where the dark hold is. They use a crowbar there. They uh, exhume the book, but Matt, its pages are empty. I like that there is the uh, the the slow reveal where the the text comes in. It's a nice effect um, and a nice twist as well that uh, the Joe can see it in German. She in English. Wait a minute, Pete. Wasn't German Joe's first language? Uh, and and Pete, does that mean that the book is reading them? Yeah, I like the reveal as well. And then suddenly we cut to Colson with uh, Dr. Bauer, who's flatlining here. He's seeing the the faces on the people who are there on Mac as well. And as he codes here, they're asking him where the book is. He says he buried it back where he found it. But Lucy has it now. It's too late. She knows bloody tears and he dies. Just then we see Lucy uh, get the book again. She opens it. However, the text disappears to which she is uh, not exactly happy as we head to the title card. After the, uh, the title card there, we're on Zephyr 1. And uh, Coulson says that they're not going to tell the director exactly what's going on here regarding going to uh, uh, going to uh, get uh, Robbie's uncle. Uh, there are some trust concerns. However, Robbie Reyes can be trusted. All ideas can be trusted, Pete, as you referenced at the top of the podcast. This is a safe space. Yeah. Uh, he asks May if she wants to go to prison, <laughs> which was a great line. Um Robbie uh, is is in tow here, so they're going to bring him along. Uh, there's discussion that Robbie is uh, is growing on the group here, um, but uh, with Daisy along for the ride here, 
Uh, he, Robbie, explains that he needs to get off that plane now. And then Daisy shows up, and all of a sudden, he's been caught. She chides him, explaining he had been doing all this murdering, uh, which certainly didn't help uh, his profile. The notion of him being being uh, tightly wound, angry in this place, uh, is uh, is uh, get, there's a retort from Daisy who says, uh, of course, he could leave the plane right now if he wants, i.e. jump out. If he leaves now, he'd be in rural Utah. You thought you were angry now, says Daisy. Um, a little bit of a jab, perhaps, to our to our Midwest friends. Uh, anyhow, Daisy uh, reiterates that uh, he should let this play out. Um, and, and she's uh, inclined to give S.H.I.E.L.D. some space on this. With that, we cut to Fitz talking to Simmons. Pete? You can learn a lot when someone dies, he tells her. Um, this this dark hold, the, the subject of which they've been talking quite a bit. Um, and uh, it's something she doesn't want to hold on to uh, something that the director is not aware of. So she doesn't want another word here. She's got that big lie detection today, Matt, you know, the one they talked about, they mentioned three times last week. Indeed. And uh, during the course of this conversation, there's some recap about how courtesy of May's uh, death. Well, not a death. It was a seven and a half minute reboot. There's now an antidote. And, um, uh, she's certainly is sure of one thing. She's not going to get fired today, regardless of what happens during that lie detector test. She's not going to get fired today. And uh, Pete, I will admit, uh, not in my notes, but in my memory, because the show is is sneaky here. This is an, an imperfect episode, but there's some sneaky writing. Is this the, sh- the scene where she first talks about microexpressions? It is. These are Chekhov's 212 micro micro expressions, Matt. You know, they they share a bed, she points out, but he's been keeping things from her. And these over 212 micro expressions that give lies away, she's terrible at keeping secrets. So like that, we snap to Southridge Penitentiary. Colson and May go through the metal detector. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like two things. First of all, as May goes through, it just kind of gives this look to, to the guard, um, a, a look that perhaps is more telling in reverse when we you know see that the guard is uh, is infected uh, in a bit. But even better is how uh, what has gone through or gone around the metal detector. It's Phil Colson's hand, yep. which he uh, which he reattaches. Just a wonderful little moment of humor. She asked for field work. She gets paperwork. Uh, but there's this uh, camaraderie between the two of them that's been earned throughout our four seasons here talking about not a near-death experience, but a death experience. May says she's over it. Better than a trip to Tahiti, though. And he wants to hear the details. Yeah, it's it's a slightly uh, surprising direction for them to go. I certainly hadn't thought that there would be uh, that there would be, frankly, discussion about what she saw versus what he saw uh, when when both died. He says that Tahiti wiped his memory um, and, and, and wants to know what she saw. Uh, the answer is that she saw him. I think it's meant to be humorous, but clearly a, a story thread to be picked up. Um, and while this discussion continues in the, uh, in the uh, 
the prison office there, he's so focused on the topic that he's not picking up on what May sees. Phone off the hook, doors being locked, coffee burn without the pot. Then Pete, things kind of up the ante a bit. Yes, the warden starts to see the faces on them, grabs for his shotgun. You can't fool me, you demons, as we break the act. Well, because you're coming out of an act break, Matt, of course the gun has to jam. May gets up on the desk, kicks the warden. Coulson uh, makes his uh, shield last scene last season uh, pop up there so he can defend himself against one of the guards. And uh, to Mac, they report that the prison's been compromised. Lucy and the whole Peanuts gang, Matt, <laughs> are there. Pete, would it be um, would it be inappropriate for me to say that uh, the cap shield effects were like B plus, maybe B minus? Um, I disagree, only because you know we had a really really lousy effect last week when uh, Lucy reached her hands into uh, into Doctor Bauer there. So uh, are they are they perfect effects? They're not. I I, I was not bothered remotely by it ah, fair enough the story moves to zephyr one and uh, mac is forming his team he's given given the speech giving the orders uh it's gonna be icers only with daisy on point and robbie on the sidelines well you know robbie kind of talks his way into things and that pete is when we get the one and only because if you overdo comedy and it's not fo- funny the one and only reference to robbie can come along because because he can bust ghosts yeah, one and only reference. I think it was uh, one of four in this episode. A uh, little much. Daisy's given new gauntlets. Of course, she had had the medical issue with her hands before. And um, Mac is explaining to Fitz he needs uh, him to quarterback this, which uh, facilitated some uh, humorous discussion on the differences between footballs. Oh, it was it was a bright spot for Fitz here. He's ready to QB the plays. Although, wouldn't that mean he's the coach? You know, the coach is the one that gives gives those men their instructions through the the speaker in their ear for the brief time that they are on the field for American football. Um, and there's also mentioned, by the way, Pete, that he has a, a great little antidote delivery device. It just feels like a bee sting with a needle to the neck. The base of the skull there, so Chekhov's injector, if you will. Oh, Matt, Mac doesn't like needles. That won't come back around, will it? But just then, they're in the what I call the uh, containment Wonkavator, number 68, and uh, door closes, they head down, and uh, we head across for some lie detection action. I just have to note, by the way, Pete, since I took the show to task for the cap shield effects, the CG effect of the box falling through the sky and then seamlessly the shot turns into a real crane shot of the box on location as everybody comes out. That was flawless. That was fantastic. Um, then we get to Simmons being questioned by, as I, I think you said on Twitter, Pete, well, I'll, I'll let you tell the joke. The guy looked like a uh, game show host with his hands on. Clearly he had some kind of flat uh, elongated monitor lying in front of him, but he had his hands on 
uh, the surface and it made him particularly the way he was questioning her seem like a game show host. This former German general turned his back on the Nazi forces to lead Hydra. Oh, oh, I know this one. Who is the Red Skull? Ah, yes. Also an acceptable answer would have been Herr Johann Schmidt. Pete, she's almost done. She's almost made her way through, but there's some... uh... Well, Pete, I could tell that she wasn't doing well in that last question because things went from normal to red flashy. Never good. Um, She parried the the Hydra question well, uh, but yeah, suddenly in the red and... You know, of course, Matt, because this is drama, that's when the director walks in. Agent Simmons, come with me now. I want to talk to you in order to end the scene. Uh, In the prison, Fitz can't find the ghosts. Maybe they're all ghostly again. Maybe they're hiding. They've gone into a haliton state. They've gone all ghostly. Some, Some science ghosty talk, Matt. Zoinks, ghosts. Uh, On the prison floor, Robbie is about to settle a score with Pete, a character I like to call S.A. from the Barrio. Well, Um, he was a representative, Matt, of uh, the Fifth Street uh, uh, group Um, and uh, the the Barrio, the neighborhood, um, being the, the beef that they seem to have with one another. Robbie, though, is pulled back by Mac. And from there, we cut to Daisy and Coulson and Officer Rescue Guy um, and May. Pardon me. Uh, Wouldn't you know it, Pete? Officer Rescue Guy from S.H.I.E.L.D., he stays to fix the warden and company, give them the shot in the back of the neck. But instead, if you can imagine this, the characters played by series regulars, they're the ones that then go on to find more action. Pete, they walk down a completely different cell block that happens to have the <laughs> identical numbers from the totally other different cell block where Mac was. Yeah, I noticed. Thumbs down. But I digress. All the watchdog recruits are there, and uh, we see Lucy in the sky of ghosts. Pete, Pete, what, what does she have her hand on? She's got her hand on the button there. She opens the cells just as these guys are explaining that, hey, that's S.H.I.E.L.D. Because they can immediately uh, uh, identify them on sight. <laughs> they protect those freaks as uh, we go into another act break. Act three begins immediately with prisoners exiting there. Colson telling Fitz they could use an exit. Meanwhile, the director uh, giving uh, Simmons what we all assume is going to be a a dressing down because her results were turning red on the lie detector. He is explaining he gets it. Coulson was your boss and now I am. But can I trust you? And with her affirmative answer, he then softens again as as old Jeffrey Mace will and says he's that rascal, that rascal. He's debating Senator Nadir on TV. Uh, He needs facts. She, uh, of course, offers to put together a PowerPoint. Um, But uh, he says that uh, he literally needs what is in her head. Matt, not even S.H.I.E.L.D. has that technology, right? Pete, it's going to be some kind of great sci-fi mind link. Or it just ends up being a mic and an earpiece. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which which was great. Initially, I was like, oh, it's a mind link. I must have looked away for a second. 
I, I love that it's, it's, you know what, rely, rely on the greatest computer of them all, the human mind. Yeah, the earpiece, and uh, we're, we're live in 15. Oh, and by the way, Simmons, just any slip-up at all will prove beyond costly, so no mistakes. Back to prison we go. Oh, the times we've said that, Pete. But uh, <laughs> back to prison, the story goes, uh, Robbie promises to keep his ghosting away from, from his uncle. Uh, Flash... Uh, here of uh, you know of the metaphor of being different of not wanting to be to be out with your secret whatever it might be um, however Robbie uh, Robbie grabs a chain and uh, with the chain he's able to take out one ghost Mac is infected by another I love that Mac has enough boots on the ground experience to say you know either your face is different from your power or I've been infected but he kind of has the wherewithal to say uh, you know, I, I'm succumbing to this, but I'm not panicking to this quite yet. How about the uh, cultural reference of the clown posse? Yes, yes. Which referring to the insane clown posse, of course. Matt, uh, Matt actually was a juggalo. He followed them for most of his twenties. Not only is that not true, but I want to point out, <laughs> Pete, that I was kind of tangentially aware of them as a music act and a wrestling act when I was a when I was a teen. Only to find out, I'm pretty sure that the 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 followers have been classified as like a domestic terror group. Like, it's it, no joke. That's that's that, that's a weird fandom that took a scary turn. And we're worried about watchdogs. <laughs> Indeed. Um, anyhow, uh, Mac uh, is is uh, given the serum. He's okay. And then Pete, Pete, that's TV's George Stephanopoulos, formerly of. The George Stephanopoulos interview thing, and before that, the Bill Clinton's White House. It's good to know that in this fictional action universe, the Trump candidacy doesn't exist so that uh, George Stephanopoulos can, you know, worry about uh, inhuman problems instead of uh, the inhumanity. Well, wow, that was that that's. That's a lot of that's a lot of world building to digest. But I'll say this, Pete: Senator Nadir is on the offensive. What uh, Director Mace brings up here: um, the idea of being a patriot and a public service. Uh, you know that he's put his life on the line at the UN bombing in Vienna, which was big to connect this back to the events of. Captain America Civil War and the signing of the Sokovia Accords. Um, Patriot, Matt, that's something we need to pay attention to going forward. Ooh, my, mine spoiler eyes didn't, uh, didn't catch that one, but uh, certainly a tense scene. The way in which um, Simmons is able to start to feed him an answer and you see him changing it mid-sentence, you see him really using it, uh, for all that we that we have been concerned about the director and by the end of the episode will be concerned about the director it was it was nice to see a smart guy using the tools available to him including the knowledge of Simmons to to get a really difficult job done which is this whole you know be interviewed be grilled be debated uh, in front of a national audience 99.8% of the human genome is also shared between humans and inhumans. Important that 
that was pointed out. So really not as different as people have made it. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting there's an interesting road to go down because I think that we as viewers who are obviously, uh, you know, don't see a difference between the person inside an inhuman or, or a regular human, you know, uh, that, that's obviously the, the point of view of the show here. But this idea that um, people need it demonstrated, people in the MCU need it demonstrated that, that these people are not so different. It kind of was this, this eye-opening Oh, there's there's people on the other side of the divide who don't 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 see these people as having a place here, and then you start to go, oh wait, I think I'm starting to see the edge where story ends and metaphor begins. In the prison mess hall here, our group races through a, a really expansive space, which was interesting uh, to wind up at the opposite door there, looking for the exit. And of course, Daisy's got to play the hero. She allows them to go and then closes the door, yanks the uh, handle off. Suddenly, she's up on a table whistling, here, boy, to a bunch of watchdogs. Act four starts, Pete. I could tell I've been waiting the whole commercial break. She said, here, boy. She's got the gauntlets on. She's going to let loose with her powers, but she doesn't. Instead, she just kicks the ever-living heck out of 20 guys pete this is the agents of shield version of uh the matrix sequels burly brawl <laughs> except there's no lousy cg here there's just chloe bennett and a bunch of stunt guys doing what you do and it's it is bare knuckle brawling and it's fantastic she winds up escaping into the kitchen colson has called the audible here change of plans they need to escape out of the cafeteria and get daisy out uh Robbie then uh finds uh his uncle Eli. He wonders uh what's going on with his association with Shield. Um Mac tells him that uh, Lucy Bauer is on her way and uh the book comes up there from our people in the prison. There's a big brawl in that kitchen that's continued. One of the toughs knocks Daisy's gauntlet off, so it's not something she escapes entirely unscathed. And then we're back with the director. Pete, this is another fine example of Simmons helping Mace out and uh, and this really kind of lovely symbiotic relationship, uh, or at least within the moment, uh, of, uh, of him taking her answers and, and using them and then uh, uh, promptly shuts her off per perhaps a tad uh a tad obvious if you're watching on the news but you know fair enough it's tv it's pretend tv show shuts her off this is when pete he admits to being different what happened in vienna it wasn't just just the normal you know he's a hero he saved the day he, he has experienced pterogenesis. He is an inhuman. Pete, this is Director Mace coming out as an inhuman on national TV. Yeah, uh, certainly something that for the, the construct of the interview uh, is effective. Uh, had been told before that, uh, you know, the timing wasn't right and here he chooses to do it. We're, we're left to ponder that reveal a little bit given the end of the episode, but it's the idea here that, you know, he, he shielded a woman 
uh, at at Vienna that he's been through this, that he is the right man for the job because he is an inhuman. Back we go to Coulson and May in the basement. They're ready to go up the garbage chute, Flyboy. <laughs> See what I did there, Pete? I do. It was Taco Tuesday after all. Uh, what did uh, May see on the other side? She saw Colson, she says, but don't let it get to your head. Just like that, they're in the kitchen assisting, and uh, May chides Daisy for being suicidal and stupid. But hey, there's a Quinjet on the way to the yard for extraction. Um, and uh, they've they've got a mission to accomplish here. We check in with Mac, who lets some guards out, making use of that uh, that shotgun axe, and uh, also I think reminding we the audience that he's at one part of the prison helping out those those guards. Meanwhile, Robbie he he's taking his to out, but Pete he just can't he can't hide from the call. He's got to go after essay from the barrio, and that's when his eyes light up to end the act. Act five begins, Matt, with an awful lot of Spanish. But we find out here that the Fifth Street Locos, they rolled up on a pair of boys at one point. Uh, these these two boys here, um, they lived, but one never walked again. I know who he's talking about. I know who he's talking about. Uh, but But this one loco, he wound up in, in prison, right? He wasn't the guy who ordered the hit. He was just told to do a hit, Matt. He was just a gang soldier following orders, right? Right, I guess. It's suddenly a very, very small world um, uh, to the point that I, I, I don't know if I'm fully on board with the smallness of it, but, but nonetheless... Uh, Robbie lights him up. Nice reveal, as always, of, uh, uh, you know, as Robbie moves from from himself to Ghost Rider. And uh, then, Pete, the awful, awful violence is done off screen, perhaps saving an effect shot. I um, liked the off screen here and the way that they sold it and committed to it. The flame shooting out of from the hallway perspective and then him coming out. Uh, you know, they still did the effect with the head and everything like that. So that that really worked for me. The and and there's a there's a penalty here. There's a story penalty for his his action. You know, carrying out this grudge yet again. The 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 vengeance and uh, Matt, where's Uncle Eli? Well, that's a great question. Before before I answer, Pete. It, a very, very amusing moment, however earned moment, realistic moment, as as Ghost Rider walks back to, you know, walks down the, the cell block and the prisoners are just getting themselves back into their cells and closing the door. Funny for us, terrifying for them. But yeah, Pete, where is Uncle Eli? He was with Robbie. Robbie appears. Robbie doesn't have him. Where is Uncle Eli? Cut to Uncle Eli being walked into uh, an ambulance by Pete. Lucy the g -g -g ghost. <laughs> Please tell me that's gonna stop. <laughs> Pete, we're gonna stick with it until for as long as Agents of Shield is being infested by ghosts that need busting. Back uh -huh. we go to Simmons, who's talking her way out of her testing, Pete. Yes. Also, there is PR guy Burroughs, who's there to deliver the news that that uh, in the wake of the inhuman 
announcement. Um, Director Mace's approval rating is up. Um, and uh, th- it's not all hunky-dory, though. He might be a hero, but uh, Simmons might be a villain. Turns out the director wants her uh, after her unusual lie detector uh, test earlier that day to give it another go. And I love, Matt, that uh, that's not exactly how it goes. Turns out, Pete, as I said on Twitter last night, that the character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who's got the biggest cojones is Dr. Gemma Simmons herself. She tells him that she knows so much about microexpressions that she's seen some shady stuff out of Mace. Maybe, just maybe, she should be exempted from that further testing, you know. There might be questions about if there's anything that troubles her about the things that Mace was saying during his interview. After all, a team that trusts Pete is... A team that triumphs, and he was not in Vienna, and she knows that and confronts him with it. Don't want that to come out in the wash, do you? We cut to May and Daisy, May lecturing the latter about uh, not letting down those who care for her. Pete, like Coulson, Coulson, who's got a bigger heart than most and, and may even invokes Lincoln who wouldn't want her killing herself over what happened. Uh, Coulson uh, found may took her out of that cubicle and uh, that whatever has gone on here, she's going to need to move past it. Uh, but she has promised that uh, she's going to help Colson with this operation, and then she's gone. Turns out that uh, May hadn't just wandered across Daisy there. We cut to uh, Colson talking to May. He appreciates the assist from her. Uh, he also has come across footage of Eli being taken away in the in, in the ambulance. Pete taken 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 somewhere. Yeah, bloody scene for sure. That telltale chamber we've seen before. And uh, he wants, I'm sorry, she wants uh, Eli to read the book there because she can't. um, It's going to fix her. Is that like the book of Eli, Pete? Is is this a reference to the Hughes (laughs) Brothers movie starring Denzel Washington? Yeah, but uh, they're going to finish what they started and she hands over the book. The writing appears and uh, we're out of the episode proper before our tag scene. We return to the ta- to the tag scene with Mace getting into a car. Uh, from the way it's shot, you, you know there's going to be somebody good in there. But shock of shocks, Pete, he's talking to Senator Nadir. Uh, he thanks her for the boost in poll numbers. However, she has footage from the prison. S.H.I.E.L.D. is working with Quake. But wait, Pete, there's more. Yeah, there's a new one to her here who we recognize, of course, as uh, Robbie Reyes, the Ghost Rider. He's never seen this uh, inhuman or uh, powered person, whatever he seems to be to them. Uh, But Matt, he did kill a model prisoner here, Santino Nagaro, who was up for early release. You know, it's it's such a a tragic political prop. It's a it's a good twist here, Pete, to see 
all these questions. I mean, this is what Shield does so well, right? You, you kind of say, well, you know, what's the truth now that you've uh, now, now that you've given us a little, little taste here? Are they bitter en- enemies indeed? And Pete, as the scene resolves, we do get a sense of where the loyalties lie. Yeah, she's threatening to go to the press in two hours that uh, Shield is harboring a murderer. Uh, certainly, that's not going to help their numbers hold up. And uh, director Mace ends the episode by asking what she wants. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys. Matt, first up, one Lucy Bauer. Yeah, I think um, I am hoping that this gets resolved kind of soon because she spends a lot of time being the angry ghost. And if this is just a foil to kind of get us more Ghost Rider stuff and 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 you know give us a a story arc worthy of the Ghost Rider being in in Shield not just this half season but the whole season, wonderful. Shield moves at a at, at, you know at the speed of light with stuff, and I look forward to this November wrapping up the Lucy storyline. Well, we know that uh, next week, Matt, is going to bring some origin uh, stories. So you might uh, you might get your wish there. Do do we know that, Pete? All I know is here's how the episode ended. <laughs> Senator Nadir and Jeffrey Mace in the in the car. Drama, drama. Then Matt turns you know, channel. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and then you see uh, the the rar monster. In fact, I don't even get to rar monster. When I see the rar monster, the TV goes off. So living is easy with eyes closed. Uh, next, Matt, speaking of eyes closed, how about these watchdog inmates? It certainly it certainly takes any kind of, um, you know, Shawshank Redemption, inmate rehabilitation. The man is out to get you. Society put you in prison unfairly. It takes all of that off the table when you go, hey, they have watchdog tattoos. They're all racist. They hate people like our heroes. Our heroes are a proxy for we, the audience, the rainbow of humanity that enjoy these shows. Every every hue of skin, every, every religion prayed to, uh, they hate them all. So therefore, uh, you can beat up 20 of them and shoot them with icers. <laughs> I mean, we, we certainly... Uh again, shoot it down the middle when we're going to say that um, an, an episode like this written by uh, Lilla Zuckerman and Nora Zuckerman, um, you know, gives us some moments, but at the same time, just the overwhelming coincidence that Santino Nagaro, who handicapped uh, Robbie's brother is there and, and he knows to find him. You know, we, we got to call story foul over that, uh, along with the the watchdogs recruiting now behind bars. OK, it's a little heavy handed, particularly when the the prison is presented as, uh, you know, kind of any prison USA. Uh, I, I know certainly it's named and it has a name. South um, of Los Angeles. So, you know. That comes with the territory, but but boy, Matt, of all the prisons, he had to walk into this one. Last on the list of dossier baddies, Pete is uh, is Senator Nadir, who certainly got a lot more interesting this episode. 
Yeah, Parmen Inagra just brings this. She's not in a lot of scenes. Clearly, this was the most she had been on the show as of yet. But just to chew it up, uh, you know, on on the TV there against Mace, and then to get in the car with him. Clearly, they have some form of, uh, you know, relationship where they're able to do this, that it couldn't happen over a phone call. We know of her duplicitous nature. She's done something to someone who's gone through terogenesis. It's certainly not uh, director Mace and uh, just all sorts of stuff we can chew over in our level seven segment. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize Matt What's going on with Senator Nadir and Director Mace? Pete, there there seemed to be a familiarity in the car. A chumminess uh, almost. A, yes. Is it Pete, is it too early slash inappropriate for me to be shipping them? Um, sh- should I even assume such a thing? Am I, Pete, being gender biased, assuming that a, a good-looking man and a good-looking woman must have some sort of relationship i don't know pete where my own bias comes in but clearly beyond the obvious of oh they know each other more than yelling each other through the windows on you know on uh the (laughs) mid-afternoon interview program that george stephanopoulos does unless this is a sunday and then whatever um but but i digress I, i i don't know it there's, there seems to be much more there. Pete, they could get whole episodes out of this. I don't think they like each other, you know, like more than a friend, but it's certainly fishy, particularly the way it's uh, presented. Uh, so we'll have to see. Uh, Matt, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up, and that comes to us courtesy Mary Kirk at Geek Kirk on Twitter. She asks uh, us, so the uncle is the obvious suspect for the hit too obvious? Um, maybe, but I feel like this is, this is certainly a nuanced show. I I like that. It's more nuanced. What with the watchdogs being a proxy for real world views and all that. I, I think though, when they say Colson's brain has an alien map that he keeps carving it usually is an alien map that he keeps carving. Uh, when they say Ward is Hydra, normally it's Ward is Hydra. Furthermore, I think we can appreciate the dark justice that the Ghost Rider brings, but if he's only kill like if he's only killing really really bad people and ordering a hit on two kids and one ends up living and is paralyzed, um, that's that's good enough for me, and I don't think it's going to do the show or the audience any good to make Ghost Rider an actual bad guy. Transmissions. Let's check the wire. Matt from Twitter, one book to another. ZP International, that's at ZP International on Twitter, asked us in the moments following the broadcast, so can anyone tell what Stephen King book um, the, uh, the man Santino Nagaro burned in the, uh, in the prison was reading. My initial response was if it's something other than Firestarter, they have a missed opportunity. However, Pete, the answer comes to us via burnouts 
that's uh, Burnouts3S3 on Twitter, who says, the Spanish version of Pet Cemetery. So the definitive answer there from Burnouts. Yes, I did uh, uh, go back and uh, watch, and you can clearly see, though, the cover is, is burned across the bottom. It says, uh, Cemetario de Animales. Okay. I don't want to be buried, Matt, in a Cemetario de Animales. Hint, perhaps? Maybe. Pete, I mean, never we've had know. the Ada stuff. There's been some some mm-hmm. questions. You know, is is May maybe more than meets the eye right now? Um, you know, all this all this talk of death, resurrection of of animals. Maybe maybe Firestarter was was too much in plain view, Matt. Pete, the mysteries the mysteries continue on Agents of Shield. Uh, I know that we have a new episode next week, and uh, when last I checked, there still was no news for the following week, probably because at 10.01 p.m. Actually, I take that back. Ten, the 10 o'clock hour next, uh, on Tuesday, November 8th, uh, will, be, uh, will be anticipation for what will undoubtedly occur at 11.01. But, Pete, I digress. Let's start to wrap things up here let's talk about how people can talk to you on the twitter machine you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 8537 followers can't be wrong and while i am personally on twitter as looking back lost you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways where we are fantastic geek fantastic with the ph you can find us on fantasticgeek.com, fantasticgeek at Gmail, fantasticgeek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash fantasticgeek. You go on there, you like us, you'll be tapped into everything we do. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now, Marvel's Luke Cage on Netflix, our Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek has already hit the streets as well. And we'll be doing a little something called Star Trek Discovery come May. So you'll have it all at your fingertips, all there on Facebook. Pete, I can't top that as an exit. So I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Here, boy. <laughs> <laughs>